All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Thank you, Mr. Mann, and welcome once again to Invest Wisely with Walt Sakara. He's the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron and also in Washington, Pennsylvania. They uh, take their clients' money and invest them in individual-owned stocks in portfolios custom-made for their clients all around the world. So listen carefully the next half hour. If you have any questions about the market or uh, how the AKW Group invests their clients' money, call us, 330-673-1234. Outside of Akron, call us toll-free at 800 669 100. Well, Walt, last week the market reminded me of a, of a, of a, of a mock boxing match where the veteran boxer, they got him on the rope several times during the week, but he battled back. But unfortunately, by the time the fight was over, he lost the the fight on, on points. It seems what's happening with the market. Yeah, Bob, it sure is. Uh, what we saw last week was really, you know, a continued pressure um, of this really good period of time that we've, we've been in. And if it can be sustained. And, you know, I think a lot of people are worried, again, about valuation, about where the market is. Uh, a lot of the talking heads out there, you know, they're speaking every day, <clears throat> the financial media. You know, a lot of people are talking about uh, overvaluation and extension. And, you know, if the Fed pulls back on their tapering or changes rates or, you know, what will happen that will push the market lower. So I, I think there's just a little bit of a pause here. Uh, but the economic data has been good. The earnings reports have been solid. We continue to believe in this uh, reopening narrative that we've been running on. So last week we saw the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average was off 0.1% for the week. It lost about 22 points. We sit at 34,584, and year-to-date we're at 13%. The S&P lost about 0.6% for the week, about 25 points. We're at 4,432 year-to-date, <clears throat> again, at about 18%. The NASDAQ gave up about a half a percent last week, lost 71 points, and year-to-date at 16.7%. And then the Russell 2000, that small mid-cap, actually bounced back last week. Uh, Bob was up 0.4%, and uh, we're sitting at the year at 13.3%. So you can see those returns are kind of moderating a little bit. Uh, most of the 11 S&P 500 sectors were down last week. Nine of the 11 were down. Uh, the biggest down was materials down 3.2%, utilities off 3.1%. Uh, what was up last week, we saw energy bounce back. Energy was up 3.3%. And consumer discretionary came back a little bit last week, up a, up a half a percent. So, yeah, we're sitting here, Bob. I mean, it's going to be a tough fall. I think there's going to be a lot of volatility um, we got the Fed talking this week uh, again about p potential tapering and 
uh, you know, a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of talking heads out there, you know, kind of looking for something to explain why we might go down. Well, the investors are obviously not not running away from the market. Uh, they seem to, again, be hitting uh, the old Scottish poem that says, uh, well, now I'll lay me down and bleed a while, then I'll get up and fight again. So that's a that's a fairly good sign. But uh, for the financial media, though, the topic of the week uh, is all that uh, concentration on that 50-day moving average, with some now are saying as an indicator for those watching the signs of this impending uh, impending collapse of the market. Yeah, so there's always these, like you said, Bob, there's always these indicators and red flags, people that pay, you know, pay attention to different uh, metrics out there in the market. Again, we spend a lot of our time looking at financial power, you know, company, company realities, the economic realities, but moving averages are, are technical. Um, they are based on data points uh, that people plot on a chart. And there, you know, you have a 50-day moving average, a 200-day moving average. I mean, you can move these all over the place. And and what you're looking for is these lines of support or resistance. Uh, these are used a lot more by traders. But yeah, there, I heard a lot in the news this week about the the support line of the 50-day, you know, moving average and how if it broke that, you know, the market broke through that, it would be very negative. Again, you, you got to, you know, take all these things with a grain of salt sometimes. Everybody's out there trying to explain what's happening. Um, you know, Bob, there's so many things that, that uh, on a given day, why things are happening. So I, I, I think, you know, sometimes we turn on the news and then these uh, talking heads seem like they really know what's going on. But I, they're guessing like a lot of other people. Again, I'm going to put my faith in, in the financial realities of the numbers and uh, what companies are doing, and, you know, I think that's always a better way to, to look at these things. Another one of those economic uh, pieces of data last week included the bank rate average interest rate at the bank rate now for a basic account is 0.6, six basis points of deposits. And uh, in spite of that, U.S. savings account deposits have now reached almost $10 trillion dollars. Uh, in days past, it would be considered a good thing. <laughs> Why are people keeping their money in these uh, low-interest saving accounts when they're earning so little? Well, Bob, you know, it's interesting. Again, we, we talked about how the market's been flooded with liquidity, you know, what the Federal Reserve has done and, you know, what all these uh, social programs have done, you know, trying to help people through the pandemic. We put a lot of cash out there into the system. And you know, individuals have it and businesses have it and a lot of them are spending it and a lot of them put it in the bank. And, and it also shows that a lot of people don't trust the markets. Um, you know, the market, uh, the stock market in the United States is about $50 trillion if you added up all the, you know, the, the market caps of the stocks that trade here in the U.S. So you got $10 trillion in cash sitting around looking for a home. And, you know, people aren't earning very much. So, so I think that that ten trillion dollars of cash supports the narrative that you know if we have a stock market sell off, a, a big decline, it may be short lived again because there's a lot of people on the sidelines that probably would like to have their money positioned in stocks. A lot of people that probably feel they've missed the run up in stocks. So any big sell off, we might see the market come snapping right back again because there's a lot of money looking for a home out there. 
We're talking again to Walt Secura of the AKW Group in Akron. We're talking about the market and the trends and the insights, uh, trends and insights of the market. Uh, Walt, of course, does a lot of reading and research all throughout the week about about the market to be able to best advise his clients and best to figure out what kind of stocks are, are working for them in their portfolio. So let's look at some more of that, that data that uh, you uncovered in the last week. A uh, firearm survey for this year, 2021 National Firearm Survey, reported that 47% of all the current gun buyers are now female. What do you think of that? I think I think it's a big trend, Bob, and one that people probably don't realize. For decades, um, you know, gun gun buyers uh, traditionally women have only been about ten to twenty percent of that statistic. Um, I think it shows <laughs> the world has probably changed. It's probably not as safe as place it used to be. Plus, you know, a lot of women are probably finding uh, fun that. You know, gun gun ownership, and you know, there's there's ranges and places to shoot, and I mean, it is an activity that more and more people are getting into. But yeah, 47 percent women. I mean, that's a that's a big trend. So uh, again, we we've never traditionally bought gun stocks, Bob, but I mean, they've had some pretty good movement and some pretty powerful earnings. Uh, so it, it's a, it's an interesting trend. It also you know has a little bit of a political aspect to it if you think about the upcoming midterm elections. So. A lot of things you could read into that data. Another recent poll from APNORC shows that about 70% of U.S. adults would like to see improved data rules, which would be national standards for how companies collect and share their data. Well, I think it goes back to support our what we've been talking about a few times this year, Bob, is the importance of these companies that provide data security. Uh, internet security that protects systems, to protect our phones, our smartphones, our computers, the uh, corporations. You know, I, we're going to see more and more of this, but it's a big hot topic for for people out there, the general consumer. Uh, you know, the average adult. So again, in this poll, seventy percent are saying, "Yeah, you know, I, they want nation nationwide standards." Um, you know, thinking the government should treat uh, you know personal data as national security. Um, you know, 56 believe the private sector should do a better job strengthening online data privacy uh, in, in, in governments as well. So it's, it's a very big trend. And the companies that we've been talking about that, you know, play into that trend, you know, companies like uh, Fortinet, and we mentioned Zscaler last week, um, uh, Norton LifeLock, uh, you, you know, there's, there's a lot of companies here that uh, are going to benefit, I think, as that security continues to be an issue as we look forward. Well, it's time to do uh, our Stock Talk segment of the program with Walt Sakira. It's a time when we have a, a open lines, of course, as always, for you to call but ask about particular questions about stocks that you may be interested in, whether you own them right now or are considering buying them or, or holding them. Walt, once again, has been working with stocks for, for more than 30 years. So if you have any particular questions about a stock, uh, give us a call. Once again, the number 330-673-1234 and on W1R.com, 800 Let's get to one of those calls right now. Good morning. You're on WNIR. Morning. I may have a bad connection. Can you hear me? We can hear you fine. Okay. Sure can. Yeah. The uh, high tide is at 1050 and uh, six to six to eight foot waves, 22 degrees Celsius. And I wanted to ask you on my trip. I uh, I saw a lot of new Wendy's going into convenience stores on uh, Turnpike and. Uh, and I-88, I-81, and I wondered, uh, uh, if you followed uh, Wendy's at all, what does the chart look like on that? 
Yeah, you know, at Wendy's is a stock that I followed over the years, Ken. Um, you, you know, I think it's improving. Um, you know, again, as you mentioned, I think there is some uh, square footage development and, you know, some, some movement uh, uh, towards different ways to make their products available. If, if you look at the uh, last quarter, 25% or 23% revenue, 125% in earnings. The quarter before that was 14% revenue and 122% earnings. So they got some momentum, a little bit of financial momentum going on. The stock trades at a reasonable valuation, about seven, uh, 27 times earnings. And it looks like the uh, earnings estimates are pretty solid out there over the next two years. So, yeah, one, one definitely worth taking a look at. Yeah, okay. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Uh, bye-bye. Thank you for calling. 330-673-1234. Once more, it's Stock Talk for Walt Secure, asking questions about particular issues. And uh, Walt, do you recall, now, who owns Wendy's now? I know originally it was born in Columbus. Uh, you know, some years ago, it was a local Ohio company. It's been bought and sold so many times. That, uh, who owns them at this point? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. When, well, Wendy's is a public company, but I'm not sure where they're domiciled. I think, I mean, it might still be Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they, the stock's, uh, you know, it's a publicly traded company and, uh, trades under the symbol WN, WEN. So, um, it's, you know, it's owned by the shareholders. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to look real quick to see if I could see where the headquarters was. Um, I know at one time they had merged with a uh, with yeah, the Dublin, Tim Hortons Ohio. people. Yeah, yeah, Dublin, Ohio is still the still the headquarters for for Wendy's. And again, that was a company that was founded. Like uh, back in the seventies or so, uh, Governor Rhodes had a big part in finding that and founding that company along with the original uh, uh, owner of that. So, and the hamburgers actually the whole cold company was named after the original founder's daughter. If anybody right. wants to know that, so yeah, no, and they had pretty good burgers. I think know? so. I yeah. think so, too. <laughs> Let's take another call now for Walt Secure on WNIR. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I wanted to ask uh, your opinion of um, two stocks, uh, CarMax and Carvana. Uh, yeah, both, both of them have hit my screen quite a bit. I mean, we, we definitely, um, you know, the, the screening that we run and, and how we look at these uh, these companies, uh, both of them have had good financial power. Um, they've uh, they both uh, done well, you know, through the uh, through the pandemic. And I think there's a lot of good research on both of those out there. So, yeah, in my screening methodology, you know, I am I'm always looking for companies that have strong revenues, strong profitability. Um, you know, they're they're accelerating um, that that profitability. So definitely two that are on my screens quite a bit. We don't own them currently, but they, you know, I, I continue to look at them over and over and over. Well, I wish I had them uh, a year ago. <laughs> right? Yeah, there's a lot of stocks like that that you know. And unfortunately, we've had some good ones, but uh, yeah, those are those are two that we didn't buy in as well. So. Okay, so you're you're thinking you might buy it, or you just well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the valuation for us is a little bit extended, but I mean, they're they're still they still trade at reasonable valuations. I think I'm looking at CarMax. You know, the estimates this year are still pretty solid. I think 2023, uh, the estimates have been ratcheted down. I've been reading a lot of analyst reports on why you know that that ramp, and I think a lot of it is, is their own success. You know, they've had a lot of uh, fast, rapid growth, and then you have to, you know, kind of say, can that be continued? And I think the comparisons get tougher and tougher for these companies, um, just because they've scaled so quickly in a short period of time. So, 
Uh, there might be a little bit of run-up, but I'm not sure about the sustainability if you look out over 18 months. Right, right. Okay. All right. Thank you. It's interesting now. Of course, the prices for used cars in the used car market right now are, are really hot uh, for a couple of reasons. First, the new cars, they're cutting back in production because they can't get enough chips to build new cars. And secondly, with all the, the major floods and storms, both down south and on the east coast, have destroyed a lot of automobiles, including a lot of, of potential used cars that were sitting on lots or just to need to be replaced. So the demand for used cars, good used cars, is soaring right now. And I think, uh, I don't know how long it will take to, to fix that market, but, uh, you know, if the, if the supply of new cars comes online again, I think you'll still have a shortage of used cars because of all the vehicles that were destroyed just this year in the hurricanes. That's a good point, Bob. I mean, and then, you know, it, it is a supply and demand equation. I know a lot of dealers are having trouble getting new cars. I think you're right about the, the used car inventory. Plus, cars get old, and, and eventually they fall off the off the cycle. You know, they, they get to a point where they, you know, can't pass e-checks, and they can't, uh, they don't function, and the cost of repairing them doesn't make sense anymore. I saw somewhere that the average vehicle on the road out there is about 13 years. Mm-hmm. I, I read that recently. So, so you have an aging, you know, population of cars out there, and then, uh, you know, a little bit of disruption in the supply chain, how new cars are coming out, and, you know, I hear a lot of people are buying their leases now. You know, they're not they're not letting the leases go back because there's not a car to get back on another lease. So you you got a lot of people that are changing the cycle on how some of these things have happened. So again, some more impacts of the pandemic, but I think you're you're right about some of the uh, comments you made there as well. Throw more calls now for Walt Secura, once again the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron and also in Pennsylvania. W1IR, good morning. Morning, man. Hi. Well, I have. I have the uh, symbol, which is CHCT. I don't know what it's on, if it's on the, the NASDAQ or wherever it's at. Community Health, uh, something or other. Uh, I'm sure you're at a computer there. Can you tell me something about it and if it would be a, a worthwhile investment? Sure. Yeah, I'm looking at Community Healthcare Trust. This is a real estate investment trust. It says it's 141 properties out there that are leased to hospitals and other healthcare service providers are located in 33 states. Um, looking at the financial power, the last couple of quarters have been pretty impressive. Uh, revenue growth, uh, 24%. Uh, this last quarter, 19 the prior, 20 the prior, and 19 the prior. Earnings growth is around 12% this last quarter, uh, 16 prior to that, 14, 15. Good numbers. Uh, valuation seems relatively, uh, you know, within range. I mean, yeah, it's one to look at. Real estate investment trusts uh, sometimes have some some other risk to them. So I would say make sure you really, uh, you know, look at all the potential risk of real estate investment trusts as well as uh, sometimes they generate a K-1 that creates a, a tax issue, um, makes you delay your taxes a lot later waiting for that K-1 to come through the mail. So, uh, something else to think about when you look at a real estate investment trust. What's it uh, at? There? What did it close at on Friday? Then uh, close forty eight sixteen. Yeah. Okay. I got one other question for you. If you got, if you have time for me. Sure. You know, I've had Coca Cola stock for years. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I got my two sons through Denison University and Purdue University. You know, selling it because of these splits through the years and all that. What happened in the Cola War there where Pepsi-Cola is, is surged so much higher than Coke, and Coke was always like the king of the cola, you know. you, you have any idea on that, or do you know anything about that? What, what happened with Pepsi? Is it their marketing or more product or what? 
Yeah, well, that's a great question. Congratulations on the years of uh, that's that's the power of owning a great stock. Uh, yeah, I used to teach this case study back in my days at Case Western Reserve University, the the Cola Wars. It was actually a Harvard Business Review case study that I used to teach, and we used to look at the competitiveness of both of these. So I've always followed both companies. I think Pepsi Cola is a little different company. Um, you know, it's not all um, it's it's not all drink products. Uh, you know, I think you have the snack foods in there and uh, a little different uh, mix of, of product line. And uh, they ebb and flow. You know, I think uh, consumer taste uh, internationally as well has changed. I think PepsiCo's uh, done a good job uh, competitively. Both of these companies have been very powerful investments over the years. So, uh, But, yeah, Coca-Cola has always been my favorite as far as, uh, you know, the simplicity of their business model and, uh you know, the PepsiCo has done definitely a good job the last few years. You know what I've, I've seen? There was, a, I believe he was the CEO. His name was Goyesta. He was a Cuban. Mm-hmm. He was a marketing genius for Coca-Cola, and he had retired. And then uh, right after that, he died of more or less a sudden death. Here, here he, the poor guy was suffering with cancer. Mm. But it seemed to me once he left the scene, Everything went to hell. It really did. It didn't, yeah. it didn't perform as much. It, for some reason, or like I say, this this fellow here held that company together. Like I say, he was a marketing genius. And a, but you'll see that in different companies where you're changing command and things get weak. Yeah, you do. you do. You do. Good leadership is uh, underrated a lot of time in companies out there. That's for sure. Okay. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. Have a good weekend, both of you. Bye. You Thank you. Thank you for calling. 330-673-1234 to talk to Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron and also in Pennsylvania. Uh, last week, Apple, which is a long-term holding in your core equity portfolio, unveiled the iPhone 13 and some other new product and service enhancements. What were your thoughts now about Apple, and will you continue to own it in your core equity portfolio? Yeah, we continue to like Apple, Bob. I mean, last week, they, you know, they came out with a series of announcements. Most of them were typical, um, you know, chip, battery, camera enhancements, uh, things that we see. I think they've added two and a half or more hours of usage on a battery. Uh, you know, I think the big thing that came out of this for me wasn't so much what Apple was doing. It's what Verizon and AT&T are going to do. Uh, they're, they have some pretty, really strong promotions trying to get people to convert over again. A lot of these carriers have uh, switched over to 5G. Um, 5G has really not been adopted by the U.S. population. I think less than 5% of phones out there are working off the 5G network. So, again, this generation of Apple iPhones will be able to take advantage of that 5G. And I think the carriers, now that they've done the infrastructure build-out, need people to convert. So that was the big thing. But, you know, Apple continues just to impress. I mean, it's it's amazing what this company does. The iPhone is such a... uh, it's an amazing product, strong brand. I, I think 2021, they're expecting $190 billion of sales, uh, which is about a 39% year-over-year growth. I mean, that's, again, we talk about a billion all the time, Bob, what a big number that is. But $190 billion of iPhone sales, an incredible, incredible number. Another core equity stock is Microsoft in your portfolios. Now, last week, they announced a stock buyback and also a larger quarterly dividend. What do you think about about stock buybacks and, and uh, these dividend increases? Are they positive from an investor standpoint? Well, they are for Microsoft, and they are for companies that have the financial power to do it. They're buying $60 billion of stock back. 
Uh, they're hiking their dividends 11%. Um, again, we talk about the power of some of these companies like Microsoft, 15 years of increasing their dividends, about a 10% growth rate over the years. Uh, that's a raise. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's giving yourself a raise when you own these companies. Your, your dividend stream continues to grow, and that's, that's a really positive part of investment. So, yeah, buybacks are, are a great signal. It shows financial health. It shows that the companies uh, has cash flow, that they decide to reward the shareholders by buying stock back. It makes the existing shares a little bit more valuable out there. And, of course, the dividend increases mean a lot as well. Crocs, another stock you own in your small mid-cap portfolio. They went higher last week, uh, announcing improved sales outlooks. So so what do you think now about Crocs? Yeah, well, one of our callers calls this the gummy shoe stock, but uh, Bob, this, this company has been phenomenal. Uh, they uh, just had an investor's day this last week. They're talking, they're targeting $5 billion in sales by 2026. And they've executed just you know, flawlessly. I mean, this company is... Uh, it's 640 million last last quarter over 331 the year prior. Uh, the usage of Crocs, the, the people that wear them. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with Ken. You know, I I'm not a big Crocs guy, but I see a lot of people wearing them out there, and they're comfortable. And I think with the pandemic, a lot of people kind of went back to comfort and don't really care. You know, it's like I want to be comfortable, and uh, those shoes sell, and they're selling internationally, and uh, very powerful. Uh, they, we talked about the marketing agreement they had with Justin Bieber uh, with one of his lines of Crocs that sold out in minutes on the Internet. So very powerful marketing company and a, a really uh, pretty powerful shoe apparel company at this moment. Another stock, Intuit, is in your Empowering Women portfolio. Last week they announced they were buying MailChimp. Uh, tell us about this uh, buy. Is it a good one or a bad one for Intuit? Yeah, Intuit uh, is an interesting. Of course, they're the TurboTax, QuickBooks guys, um, but they're buying Mailchimp for twelve billion dollars in cash and stock. Uh, interesting acquisition. Mailchimp is uh, they they really do more of the, the consumer mailing, uh, marketing, uh, small business uh, mailing, marketing type of uh, uh, offering. So it, it kind of shows a move for Intuit thinking about maybe adding more of that small business servicing, uh, maybe into marketing and sales and other aspects, not just in the data for, uh, you know, keeping the financial books and then getting the tax returns filed. So interesting purchase. We'll have to keep an eye on this one. Now, Boeing, which you don't currently own, is, a, of course, the great airplane stock. Uh, it shows uh, signs of recovery as the pandemic begins to ease a bit. Uh, now, their stock is trading at 213 a share right now, less than half of what it was trading just two years ago. Do you think this Boeing is now a good buy? Yeah, Boeing's got my attention, Bob. I mean, again, aircraft is needed. We talk about aging aircraft out there. They have 19,000 commercial aircrafts with a book value of $3.2 trillion ordered over the next 10 years. Um, they're getting back to pre-pandemic levels. Um, you know, planes get old. Uh, you know, nobody wants a plane to go down. That's a, you know, that's a headline news item. Um, you know, so again, it's, you got to keep these things, the, the inventory moving forward, the supply chain. Boeing's one of the, obviously the biggest uh, manufacturer and seller of airplanes out there worldwide. And so, yeah, well, I, you know, Boeing's got my attention. I've always liked the company, and like you said, it's, it's really off from where it was two years ago. So one we're taking a hard look at. 
Now, we're talking about a lot of your clients are getting ready or already in retirement. Uh, we're offering retirement classes coming up uh, later on this month. But American Psychology uh, Journal published a uh, article that said, Too much free time lowers one's sense of well-being. Now, why might this be important for those considering retiring? Well, Bob, I think it's a big issue. We see it a lot. Um, this article, this little journal article kind of pointed out if you got two hours of free time, that's good. When you get over to five, that's bad. And it's, it's interesting. And we, we've seen this with a lot of the retirees that we worked over the years. You know, you got to have a plan for your life. Uh, you got to make sure, you know, you're giving up a big part of who you were that kept, uh, you know, it, it gave you meaning. And uh, these are the types of issues we're going to talk about in this retirement class as well as you know, how to take it, your Social Security the right way and making sure you have the proper medical coverage and life insurance and investments are structured the right way and all those items. We're also going to talk about those life items, which are really, really important and challenge people to think a little bit about that. Now, these retirement classes that uh, Walt and the AKW Group are offering will begin the end of this month, Thursday, September 29th, and Thursday, October 6th, and then Wednesday, October 5th, and Wednesday, October 12th. These two classes are divided for those who are not retired yet, and then for the second set is for those who are already retired. They're going to be held at the Kent State Hotel and Conference Center, and we'll run from 6 to 9 p.m. on those dates. So tell us, uh, again, a little bit more about those classes and uh, how people can get involved in them uh, right now. Yeah, Bob, call our office, 234-466-7476. Ask for Abby or, or Sue. Um, you know, we're, they're there to help you and get you the information on these classes. But, yeah, it's just, it's just a whole array of topics, Bob, that are really important to retirement. We're excited to get out there and start teaching them. And once more, if you want to get those classes under your belt and find out more information, call the AKW Group here in Akron at 234-466-7476. Ask for Abby or Sue. And for you PA listeners, they're offering the classes there also. So call Sue Marshall at the AKW Group in Washington, Pennsylvania at 412-480-5090. And when you do, I mention you heard it here on W1R Kent Akron. I think we'd all be obliged for that. Once again, the AKW Group, call them at 234 234- Four six six seven four seven six in Fairlawn or four one two four eight zero five zero nine zero in Pennsylvania. Well, secure quickly. What about next week? Next week, just a lot of uh, earnings reports and data to pay attention to. Bob, we're excited for the week. All right, talk to you later. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed: Apple Inc. symbol AAPL, the Boeing Company symbol BA, AT and T Inc. symbol T. Carvana Companies, symbol CVNA. Community Healthcare Trust, Inc., symbol CHCT. Crocs, Inc., symbol CROX. Fortinet, Inc., symbol FTNT. Intuit, symbol INTU. CarMax, Inc., symbol KMX. Coca-Cola Company, symbol KO. Microsoft Corporation, symbol MSFT. Norton LifeLock, Inc., symbol NLOK. PepsiCo, Inc., symbol PEP. Wendy's Arby's Group, Inc., symbol WEN. Verizon Communications, Inc., symbol VZ. And Zscaler, Inc., symbol ZS. Please note that Robert W. Barron and Company, Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Barron and Company, Incorporated and or affiliates have received investment banking compensation from Community Healthcare Trust, Inc., symbol CHCT, and AT&T Inc., symbol T, in the past 12 months.